questionable material with Jack and Brian is made possible thanks to a $17 million infrastructure grant from the Biden administration. Thank you. Are you sick of searching through the same old dating websites and apps and not finding the perfect match? Hi, I'm Congressman Matt Gates, and I'm excited to tell you about Tweender, the dating site that expands the traditional dating pool. At Tweender, you can find all sorts of amazing young ladies who are rebelling against their parents and looking for that perfect love connection. Tweender has the most sophisticated and beautiful members of the classes of 21 and 22. So go ahead, check out Tweender. And remember, the age of consent is more of a suggestion and not an actual law. Oh, it's an actual law? You're listening to Questionable Material, produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Hey, Scotland Yard. Oh, hi. I was wondering if I could investigate some crimes. Uh, I'm sorry. I was wondering if you could investigate some crimes for me. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you wanted to, why would you call us if you wanted to investigate crimes? I know what you're getting at now. And that's great. Thanks for calling the New Scotland Yard. No, it's okay. It's sorry. It's not a guilty conscience or anything. I don't want you to put me on any list. No, no, no. You're not on a list yet. So, so tell me, what is this crime uh, you want to investigate? You want us to investigate? I, I screwed up again. You're the one who wants us to investigate, because that's what we do, if you think about it. We're Scotland Yard. You are a person who's calling, a, a noble citizen uh, of the realm, and and you want us to do something for you. So that's why I'm here, Scotland Yard, at your service, the new Scotland Yard. How can I help you? Well, thank you. Great. Uh, well, I'd love to know what that, it means to be the new Scotland Yard before I sort of um, ask you any questions about any cases that I might be involved in on either side of the law. Well, we got a consultant who uh, went over our Scotland Yard and, and, and discussed with us you know, our, our appearance to the general public. And they found that we were kind of stodgy and old fashioned and, and people were kind of intimidated about us and, and that we really needed to lighten things up, if you know what I mean. And granted, we investigate everything from uh, extortion and kidnapping to to murder and, and, and sex trafficking and uh, ping pong cheating. You name it, we do it. You know, we've done that for a long time and we took it very seriously and probably too seriously. So so we've really changed our ways thanks to this consultant. Well, that's that's great. I mean, well, I, mean I, I would hope that you still take my case seriously and not just sort of be, you know, kind of wacky no, about no, things. We, we absolutely take your case seriously. Uh, throw it at me, as we now say. Well, okay. My wife is missing. Your wife is missing. Oh, <laughs> in no. some cases that could be a blessing if you think about it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes there's a little, uh, <laughs> yeah. little stress between the husband and wife kind of thing. And, and, you know, it might be great if they would were to disappear or something like that. You know, in the back of your head, you're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could uh, fire up the old Tinder and, 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 uh, <laughs> and start dating again. Right. I mean, you must feel that sometimes, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but I, making me a little uncomfortable to hear you saying that out loud. Uh, if I had any sort of journals that had expressed any of those thoughts, should I like get rid of those? Oh, yes. Uh, so if you had a like, journal saying, yes, I wish Clarice, let's say her name was Clarice. I don't know what her name is. You don't need to tell me right now. Uh, we can file that report later. But yes, if you had any kind of notes, if you were telling friends, yeah, I sure wish Clarice were dead or gone. You know, that's the kind of thing that we look for. And we did that at the old Scotland Yard. That's what that's called a clue. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and we just were looking for why, why did you, so your wife's gone, right? You can't find her. Maybe she left you. 
Uh, maybe you beat her over the head with a shovel and buried her in the basement. Maybe uh, she's lost. She, she had some kind of a brain issue and she's driving. She's in Idaho right now. She doesn't know where she is or who she is. She's very confused. Maybe she was kidnapped by coyotes. And I don't mean the animal. I mean uh, traffickers down on the border. I mean, you never know. Wait, but we're in, we're in, what what border are you talking about here in Scotland Yard in in London England? Well, I'm assuming that you're from the United States. That's what your caller ID says. Yeah, it is, and and you have the funniest British accent I've ever heard. Well, that's the funny thing. I used to live in the United States. I emigrated to Scotland, like many people I know. Really, is that is that a thing? A lot of traffic heading that way. Well, have you never heard of people in love with the Scotch egg? Do you know what the Scotch egg is? I don't. I'm really more concerned about my wife's whereabouts. Well, let's talk about the scotch egg for one second. It's a hard-boiled egg, okay? You take that hard-boiled egg and you cover it with sausage, okay? okay. And then you cover that sausage with breading, okay? It's over, and then you, you fry it. Okay. And it, I got to tell you, it is one of the most delicious things. I, I had it one time uh, when I was uh, in Scotland, uh, just on a trip with my family. My parents took me there as a kid, and, and I had this scotch egg, and I said, someday I will live here. And I will work in Scotland and I will have a scotch egg every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, this is a, this is a great story. You're a great storyteller. Well, I thank you. Thank you so much. But uh, you know what? Speaking of stories, well, you've got a story to tell. And that story is your wife is missing. Oh, right, 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 right. Sorry. You've totally transported me to like a, a great pub with that Scottish egg. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, fantastic yeah. egg. And you know, the, the pubs here are so much better than the ones uh, in the States. I got to tell you, they're just, right? you know, there's no music blasting. It's just people sitting around drinking pints of beer and, and talking. And it's just, I, I just, I really like it. I'm very glad I immigrated here. So why did you call? Oh, your wife's gone. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was wondering like, you know, is it best, does it, would I look super duper innocent if I was the one to report it? Like how long would you wait because I feel like kind of now we're friends. Yes. Um, how long would you wait for her to be gone before you reported it so that it felt like the right amount of time? Right. Well, Not yeah, like, that's the here's, thing. Here's my concern. If if I call too early, it's like, well, why are you, you know, there's a problem right away. And if I wait too late, it's like, well, you never wanted to find her to begin with. Yeah. Well, that's, kind of, that's what we're looking for. So when we send a detective, we're going to ask a lot of questions. So, okay. So did you guys have a fight recently? Cause I'll be honest. I mean, you are the spouse. You, you are uh, suspect number one in the disappearance of, of a, of a wife. And that's just par for the course. That's just the way it is. So we're going to ask all the questions to kind of ascertain the state of your relationship before your wife went missing or was killed or captured by coyotes or uh, wants to be a geisha and move to Tokyo. All these things can happen. I've seen them all happen personally. If you pay someone to kill your wife, is that the same as killing your wife? Like if you it's met up very, with someone in a pub. Yeah, it's very similar. Very much so? Very okay. similar. I mean, granted, you might not have pulled the trigger or swung the shovel or tightened the rope or uh, clonked Slowly her. suffocated her. Yeah, suffocated her with what? Uh, like a- Slowly. With a- uh, A garbage bag, but then I, but then you keep sort of bring the, the bag up so that they she comes back to consciousness. And then you remind her that it's like your mother- is a real, a real B I T C H. Ooh. And then you, 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 yeah, I know, I know. And and then you, you bring the bag back down and you suffocate her right before she passes out. Then you bring it back again. And I'm like, you need to listen to me more. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. No, that's, so that, so that's like a drawn out suffocation, which is, you know, there's mm -hmm. that rage involved and, but, but it's definitely premeditated. Very much. You know, so. it's not like an accident or whoopsie, you know, and something happened, you're taking a selfie and she fell off the cliff. You know, those you can sometimes get away with being honest. Um, you know, the, the, the slow strangulations with trash bags are, by the way, do you have trash bags in your house? 
all over the place in every room. Really? Yeah. So let's see. How long has it been since your wife went missing? Um, gosh, she died about six and a half days ago. Six and a half days. Oh, Freudian slip. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm sorry. I was still thinking about that Scottish egg and it's like. Scotch egg. So oh, Scotch delicious. Very, sorry. yeah, right. very delicious. I mean, you should move here if you find your wife and can convince her. But if I took her to a cliff and then took a selfie with her, even if she wasn't, if I could make her, if I could sort of like hold open her eyes with my, my, my forefinger and middle finger and sort of opened her eyes, took a selfie and then threw the body off of a cliff. Do you have the technology to know that she had already been dead for like, let's say six and a half days? Yeah. You're going to do an autopsy. An autopsy will definitely show you uh, the, 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 the cause of death and the time of death. And mm-hmm. we can determine that through a number of factors. And one, of course, is uh, maybe what's in the stomach. You evaluate the, how, what's been digested in the stomach. Or you just cut the leg through and you count the rings like a tree. There are multiple <laughs> ways to tell uh, how old a person was at the time of death. Okay. Oh, man. I thought you guys were the new Scotland Yard. You we guys sure sound are. just as uptight as you were in the past. No, no, we're super chill. We are super chill. And we're glad you called. I'm glad you called. And I'm sorry your wife's missing. Uh, I mean, it seems yeah. a little weird, right? She's been gone six days, you said? Six and a half days. And you're just calling now. See, that That to me is like a woo, woo, woo. Hey, what's going on here? Because that's a long time. Normally, the wife disappears. You think like, you know, 24, 48 hours. You're like, okay, something weird is going on here. Six and a half days, that's pushing. That's a stretch. That's kind of like, well, why weren't you concerned the last five and a half days? That would be my first question. Right. Well, because I, I, mean, I didn't particularly care for her. Oh, okay. So, so what we call in the new Scotland Yard that you're doing is you're digging yourself a hole. You're, you're kind of creating problems for yourself, obstacles that you're going to have to overcome in further interrogations. Well, it's not like any of this can be used against me. Oh, it absolutely, did I not say that at the beginning of the call? No, you didn't. You just were sort of so hyped up about this new Scotland Yard thing. Yeah. You know what? I didn't, but I don't have to because the new Scotland Yard, that was the consultant. He said, stop talking about how your phone call can be used against you and just get right into being friendly, being chummy, getting down with the person who's calling this noble civilian like yourself, who's just calling to report a potential crime or something of concern to him. But yeah, it can totally be used against you. I just found her. She just walks through the door. Baby. I was so worried. I'll, no, I'm, getting, I'm with my friend. I'll be right down. She's fine. Oh, that's great. That's I love a happy ending. And you have a great day now. Thanks for calling the new Scotland Yard. Cheerio. Kids, get the shovel. You've been an editor at um, uh, 60 Minutes, the CBS News magazine. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I, I started off at 10 minutes and mm-hmm. then through uh, hard work, I got to 30 minutes and now I'm at 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. I've seen that your show has been kind of a little of a uh, hot water uh, this week. A little, uh, little problem with uh, Governor DeSantis there uh, down in Florida. Well, you know, it's a matter of how you look at things, Jack. Okay, like what, what does that mean from from a sixty minutes editor like yourself? What what does that mean? Well, I mean, there is the version of events that you think you're seeing, and then there's the version of events that we see and would like mm-hmm. you to understand how we saw them and what we saw. We want you to see what we see and not see what you think you see. It's all about seeing. Oh. You see? Okay. I, yeah, I see, but shouldn't you just sort of re- report like what is? Yes. Well, that's how you do a journalism. We see the issue. Mm-hmm. We take that issue and we know what that issue is about and we know what the story is. So we go into it. We have the story. 
we want to convey that story to you, the viewer. So we walk up, we, we do our videos, we do our interviews, and we take all that information and we put it into our story template and we present it to you as a segment on 60 Minutes. Whew. Okay. You're, you're the perfect guy then to talk to about uh, everything that's happening. And, and, you know, I think now that we know that um, 60 Minutes has been deceptively editing some things, um, I think maybe we need to look back at some uh, previous things that have been reported and see if there's maybe another side to some stories that we've already sort of accepted as fact. Do, do you mind if we go through some previous stories? Yeah, I mean, I, t- I, I take umbrage at the, the word deceptive editing. I, I would say it's a, we've interpreted facts differently than you. Okay. Okay. That's uh, fair enough. Well, I, you know, I saw something, this is a fairly apolitical. Yeah. I saw something uh, about a year ago. There's a cool thing on for the um, 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Yeah. A, a big event. Uh, for, so I guess it was 2019. So maybe a year and a half ago, um, a, a big, big event and um, 60 minutes uh, covered it. And I'm now wondering if everything that I saw about the moon landing was true. What, what didn't you show us? Well, yeah. I mean, one of the uh, things about the moon landing, um, which America has not come to terms with because they haven't known is that Neil Armstrong was actually um, the uh, grandson of Louis Armstrong. (laughs) What? Yeah. Neil Armstrong was a black man. They put him up in white face because NASA did not believe the American public would accept a black man landing on the moon. Wow. So yeah. And that, you know, and it's a disgrace and it's sad that America was as it was, you know, we're one year away from the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King and they felt uh, that they, they wanted it to be a white guy landing on the moon. Oh, so, and, and Man. Buzz Aldrin went along with it. Okay. Um, Michael Collins was a little upset at the notion. He felt like it, it didn't seem right, but that's why he wound up circling the moon and not actually landing on it. <laughs> now, wait a minute. He didn't feel right that Neil Armstrong was forced to wear whiteface or that a black man was allowed on the moon. He didn't feel that it was right for Neil Armstrong to have to wear whiteface. Okay. To be accepted. Phew. Okay, and, good. and um, what you don't know is the transmission uh, was famously altered. Was it really? It was, it was one small step for a black man, one giant leap for mankind. And as we all know, uh, that was changed. Yeah. So in a, in a future 60 minutes, this will all come out. Oh, so you're going to reveal. Well, why, did, why have you edited that out uh, so far? Habit. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes you fall into those ways and it's difficult to recover. Yeah, you just want to you just want to portray things differently than they are. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, let's go we'll go back and forth with sort of modern and and, and older stories that that you guys have covered over at 60 minutes. Um I was wondering maybe if we could talk about um something very uh that may still touch a nerve with a lot of people it still is a story in the news right now that you guys have covered multiple times. That's the, the storming of the Capitol. Yeah. Now, um, I, certainly there have got to be 
some interesting stories that you guys have chosen to edit out that have left been left on the cutting room floor, as they say in the editing business. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me, you know, maybe some things we don't know about the the Capitol siege and you know, maybe even why it all happened. Well, I mean, first of all, there's a huge misunderstanding um, in that this was the storming of the Capitol Records building in Los Angeles. What? Yeah, they had heard that there was a Beastie Boys reunion on the on the roof. And these people were huge, as you can tell from looking at them, they're huge Beastie Boys fans. Yeah, of course. And QAnon, or Q, the, the leader of the QAnon movement, uh, had issued a decree that the, the Beastie Boys were going to be on the roof having a reunion. And anyone who got to the roof got a, an autographed copy of Paul's Boutique. Wow. That's really interesting. So this was not an insurrection. This was not. Uh, this was not really uh, anything to do with Donald Trump inciting people and, and getting them riled up. And uh, this was all about the Beastie Boys. So when they're going through Nancy Pelosi's desk, they're just looking for Sharpies to get autographs. Yes. And that wow. was the plan. I and mean, it was really poorly executed because some of the people thought the Capitol Records building was in Washington, D.C. Yeah, the Q has got to be a little bit more clear. He's not good on details. No, clear, clearly not. That's correct. What, um, and do we know who, uh, who Q is? I mean, you, you guys must know. Uh, Q is, um, Quincy Jones. So the leader of the QAnon movement is, is famed music producer and African-American Quincy Jones. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> he's, you know, he's. Man, and you work at 60 Minutes. I work at 60 Minutes. Okay. What were you going to say about Quincy Jones? You know, he's bored. He's tired of producing music. He's made a fortune. He, he's, he's told people he likes a good prank, mostly on white folks. <laughs> he wants anybody to fall for the prank, but he really loves when white folks fall for the prank. I, you know, I kind of get that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That, this is humongous news. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, Jack. I've been, uh, presenting the news the way we wanted to present it. Now I'm coming clean. It's, it's really, this is really yeah, no. refreshing for me. This is a, this is a good feeling. Well, that's, uh, well, I'm, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Um, the, apparently there was, um, a real different true story about uh, hurricane Katrina and, uh, and what happened in New Orleans. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear about, um, the story that wasn't told. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, really the story with that is, um, you remember the 1980s band Katrina and the Waves? Yes. Well, she was doing a live concert on the levee. And Katrina- A live concert on the levee. On the levee out in New Orleans. And she, um, you know, she has one hit and she uh, is very proud of it. So she brought in the biggest speakers you can imagine. Uh-huh. And Walking on Sunshine, uh, she wanted everyone in New Orleans to hear that song. And she turned those uh, speakers up as, as loud as they could be. Well, the damn things vibrated the, the levee oh. uh, and, and, create, and, and basically created the breach, which resulted in the flooding of New Orleans. Now, it was covered up. They called it Hurricane Katrina. I see. But it was literally Katrina and the waves. Oh, golly. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, you don't see her really at any more award shows, things like that. She's kind of gone into hiding since. Yeah, she was always there. All the award shows, she was like the last person to present like the best picture award. She always, you know, uh, front, uh, front row seats at Lakers games. 
no more. I do notice that she's, she's gone now. She's despondent over the damage and destruction she caused. Uh, clearly grateful that it was covered up and blamed on on Mother Nature. Yeah. Instead of a a, a lady from the eighties. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, she not even Cindy Lauper will talk to her anymore. <laughs> That's a low bar. Yeah. Just it's mind blowing sometimes to think what the reality is and what um, what you've been told all this time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of, of of things being blown, um, can we talk about the the real story behind the Challenger incident? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please, please tell us because I, I remember that's you know was my first moment growing up. This happened when I was in. I want to say fifth or sixth grade. Um, one of those moments where you remember where you were. I remember when our principal came over the uh, PA system in our our middle school, or I guess that was still primary school, whatever, and told us that it, what happened. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll never forget where I was. I remember where I was standing in yeah. the school. Nineteen eighty six. This was yeah. I remember yeah. sitting in the classroom. Okay. They in the old fashioned days they used to wheel in the uh, TV trolley. Yes, yeah, and they they turned on the TV. And it blew up and we were all told that it was a, an O-ring that had uh, frozen and cracked that resulted in this explosion. Well, yeah, absolutely. The story that we didn't tell you at 60 Minutes is is that, you know, Krista McAuliffe was a teacher. Of course I do. And there was a big hullabaloo about the first teacher going into space. He was a civilian. This yep. was a big deal. Well, yeah. And Krista loved to teach. Yeah. And she... Loved nothing more than to teach students what happens when you add Mentos to Diet Coke. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I remember that being a big thing of hers. Yeah, go on. So the entire payload of the space shuttle was filled with two liter bottles of Diet Coke and Mentos, the fresh maker. Uh-huh. <laughs> And what had happened is during the, maker. during the launch process, the Mentos and the Diet Coke mm-hmm. merged. <laughs> yeah, they did. And what we all saw on that fateful morning was uh, the world's largest, most expensive Mentos Diet Coke experiment. And then and that's pre-YouTube. That's how committed she was. Yeah. No, she, she knew science before most of us knew science. Man. She predates Bill Nye. She really does. Yeah. And predeceases him as well. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. That is sad. What, but I, you know, I mean, it sounds a little bit like I don't want to be the guy on a podcast who says it's all Christopher McCullough's fault, but. <laughs> it's sometimes you have to be that guy. You Ooh. know, she loves science. She died doing what she loved doing, which was teaching people about Mentos and Diet Coke. And if you think about it uh, now, we all know. Yeah. What happens when you combine the two. Oh. I, but but maybe we should know. Maybe you're not doing your job as a news outlet because God forbid this happens again. We have standards we have to uphold. Okay. And some of those standards involve telling you the news in a way that we want you to understand it in a certain way that you do so that we don't give you the news in a way that you don't understand it when we don't want you to understand it the way that it is. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I, I get why you'd want to do that. One more and I, I can't imagine how this is a, a even a thing, but um, uh, when uh, the death of Prince. Yep. Yeah. You know, when, when Prince died. Yeah. Everyone is sort of saying that, you know, there's, you know, maybe he had uh, HIV or it's a, 
um, you know, overdose of oxy or whatever, you know, whatever. He's on a plane. What happened? Why isn't 60 Minutes reporting the truth of what happened to Prince? And what is that truth? Prince was tired of being a man. And he underwent gender reassignment surgery. And he is, really? yeah, he is Cardi B. What? Yeah. You know what? Just when he disappeared, she showed up. Exactly. And who else could write WAP? <laughs> no, no one. Exactly. That takes a special talent. And he is the one who has it. I'm sorry, she. Right, 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 right. I mean, is it okay to dead name someone who fakes their own death, though? I think it would be. That's something that needs to be worked out in a future episode of 60 Minutes. <laughs> so, hey, Brian. Yeah? Come on, man. Our listeners deserve a way better than that. Let's pick up that energy. New Scotland Yard style. Let's go. I'm tired. What are you tired from? Puppy. Well, that's, that's so funny because that's what I was going to ask you about. You got a new puppy. I did. All right. Tell, tell us quickly in, in short but funny ways about your new puppy. My puppy is a poop and pee machine. Mm-hmm. I'm very energetic. Okay. Likes to do what they call mouthing. I call it biting, but uh, the oh, tra okay. trainers call it mouthing. Okay. Uh, and uh, very excitable. And we've been, I, I slept uh, in the room with her last night. My, we've been doing shifts. Okay. My, my son's been doing more of it. But, and I had a very not good evening of not sleeping. Because it's a very. Really? Just from this dog? Yeah, because she hears the slightest noise, like maybe a cricket wheezing, like a hundred feet away. And it stands up at attention and just uh -huh. stares looking out the window. Like there's a cricket out there. I need, uh, we need to do something about this. And then it heard my son, uh, I guess, going to bed or doing something late at night and, and closing the door. And she was up for that. And then she decided that she wanted to nuzzle me. And then she decided she wanted to play with me. It's, it's uh, difficult. Yeah. Well, that's, that, sounds, that sounds rough. So you've gotten a brand new animal while at the same time you have a cat with its second massive brain tumor, which is, this is true. Um, you have a cat with a second massive brain tumor um, on the mend. I mean, hopefully, but he's just going to get another brain tumor and be dead in a year. Um, this kind of feels like a John Edwards situation where you've moved on um, and have started dating someone else while your previous wife is still alive. Yeah, that's what my wife said. Is it really? Yeah, no, she said, she said, I feel kind of guilty, but, you know, there was a puppy available. It was a pretty German Shepherd puppy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to train it to not poop in the White House. Yeah, that's one of the, that's, um, that's a main thing. I, there's a, a big market for that nowadays for trainers who can train for that sort of behavior. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm working at it. It's, it's fun to see them kind of learn things. I've taught it stay and, and sit and lie down. And now you're a dog flipper, right? Where you take a dog like this, you train it, you train it not to, you know, pee or poop on the white house, you know, in the oval office or whatever. And then you flip it and you sell it a few weeks later. Is, is that's your business model? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, I looked into real estate. Real estate can be very expensive. Yeah. It's cost prohibitive is what we say in the real estate business. And what, so I, I went into puppies. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be the dog flipping business? Well, I mean, the real estate business was cost ineffective or cost prohibitive. That's why I went into the cost non-prohibitive, a dog flipping business. Right. So, okay. 
Flipping, okay. flipping a dog is much cheaper. You can get a dog for a couple thousand bucks if it's got a nice bloodline or maybe more, depending if it's royalty. And 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 then, you, yeah, you train it. You get it to love you and 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 want to be around you all the time. And then you go, oh, you sell it. Man, it's what like, sort of markup are we looking at? Oh, uh, well, I, you know, I'll buy them for like $2,500 and then I'll sell them for like $2,550. Oh man, that's, I mean, hey, it, it's making money. I'm not going to, you know, in with the economy the way it is, I'm not going to poop on that. Yeah, but that doesn't you. seem like a lot, like, because I was well-trained, but uh, so I don't, I don't I, that doesn't seem like a lot of money for your effort. You know, uh, some people have said that, I've heard that from my wife and other people. Uh, but there's nothing like seeing the look in the dog's eyes as it goes down the driveway, looking through the back window of the car, you know, with the, this kind of, it doesn't understand what's going on. But then you look down at that crisp $50 profit in your hand and yeah. you think to yourself, I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah, that's really, uh, it's really great. And about how many, um, how many weeks of training do you do before you are able to flip the dog? I'll do like six weeks of training Oof. and, okay. uh, you know, really get it, you know, it, it knows what it's doing by that time. It's not going to have any accidents indoors. It does all the basic commands. Uh, it knows, it, it knows the fundamentals of options trading, but you know, <laughs> wow, yeah, what? covered calls, puts, all that stuff. But you no know, kidding. it doesn't have an, a, an account established, but it would know what to do if you established a canine uh, trading account with Robinhood. I mean, there's some exceptional skills you're, you're, you're uh, training dogs to do. What are the, what are the skills you train dogs to do? Well, um, you know, there, I want them to, uh, measure the property. <laughs> so what you do is you attach, you put a little pin in the ground, you attach a uh, tape measure to it and you let mm -hmm. it run. And then from that, you get a, a fairly inaccurate estimate of the size of the property that you can kind of do well, ballpark things with. Like maybe I have two acres. Wouldn't your property doesn't change. Like once you have the information one time of the acreage of your property, you don't need to do that again. No, it changes every time. That's what's fascinating to me. I mean, one time I, I had two acres. Now I have 16, but last week I had eight and then I had one. It really depends on where the dog goes when it's measuring. So sometimes maybe the dog would escape. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was an amazing day when I realized I I had the 212 acres and I was so excited. That, that's most of your town. Yeah, that's what the town council said, and they said and it's not yours. And I insisted. I pointed to the dog, Minerva, and and mm -hmm. they said that I don't care what your dog thinks is your property. This is not your property. This is the town. Have you taken any sort of like big hits or any sort of big big you know baths as it were? Uh, in the dog flipping business where you're like, ah, that was a mistake I shouldn't have made. Yes. Oh, no. What happened? Food. Well, oh, okay. What about food? The dogs eat it like crazy, especially puppies. <laughs> it's super expensive. Right. Because I want only the best for my doggies. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, could, I could go the cheap route, but I go for yep. taste of Kamchatka, which is, <laughs> it's a Russian dog food. It's premium. It's what Putin uses. It comes from the Kamchatka Peninsula in Russia. It costs a fortune. There's one uh -huh. distributor in the United States. He's in Minneapolis and he has to bring it to your house on a trike. <laughs> so expensive. That seems 
That seems unnecessary. You know what? I want the best for my puppies. And they I want- I you do. I taste, love that about you. They deserve taste of Kamchatka. So, but yeah, I would imagine then that would really eat into your $50 profit. Oh, absolutely. And that you sound just like my wife. It's funny when you say that, except she sounds angrier as if like we're going bankrupt. You're mm-hmm, just more mm-hmm. like laughing about it. Sometimes I wish I was married to you and not her with the screaming about how you're bankruptcy and what are you doing? You're destroying the family. Yeah, that sounds, it, it doesn't sound pleasant. It's not pleasant. And it's not as pleasant as the delicious taste of, taste of Kamchatka dog food. It's really good. Maybe I should be an affiliate. Oh, maybe get affiliate commissions. Exactly. That's, see, it's amazing what an entrepreneur you are. You really inspire me. Could I interest you in some taste of Kamchatka? No. All right. Why, last question. Um, why a German shepherd? What is it about a German shepherd that you, you want for your family, for your home? What sort of purpose will that dog serve in your life? Well, uh, as you know, uh, I'm a World War II buff. I, I think everyone who listens to our show knows that. So I was thinking if the Nazis came back, either from the dead or just a resurgence of Nazism, sure, uh, they would see me as an ally. I've got one of their dogs. I took good care of it. And, uh, and I would hope that they would not kill me and my family. Whew. You're really hedging your bets. Plus, I've trained the dog to bite the balls of Nazis, which buys us time. Buys you time? Well, that's what I do. So if they came to my door and they said, you know, we need to see your papers or whatever, then mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd say, oh, I'd try to be friendly. I'd be like, look, look at my dog. Isn't she great? She's a German shepherd, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. Uh, the best dog. Wink, wink. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, if, if it looked like things were going south, then I just turn and I say, Cujo, bite the crotch. And then I, I grab my family and we bolt for the mountains. And <laughs> you just run into the mountains? Well, we have a go bag. Oh, I'm sure you do. What's in your go bag? Well, uh, there's, a, there's Tostitos. There <laughs> is two or three energy drinks. Uh-huh. There is a hacksaw blade. Okay. Uh, a lot of fresh fruit. Okay. And a candelabra. Because if we're in the what? if we're in a cave, and you want to see, yeah, you're going to need a candelabra if you find candles. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that logic. So I'm digging in the dark. You know, we're looking for candles, and somebody's oh look a beer stashed a candle. <laughs> yeah, then you take the candle. Where are you going to put it? And right. I'm going to be the one who reaches in my go bag, and I say, I brought a candelabra. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So you're just going to be digging in caves, hoping to to strike to strike candles. Yes. No, I, that's great. Well, Brian, um, you know, good luck. And uh, did you say your dog's name is Minerva? Uh, no, I flipped her. Oh, she, she's got that's right. Uh, so what what dog are you on now? Who kept you up last night? Himmler. <laughs> so Brian, you know what a huge fan of cancel culture I am, right? Yes, you love it. Oh man, it's great. And you're, I mean, it's an area of expertise for you, right? When someone says or thinks the wrong thing, the proper response is goodbye, sir. That's right. Oh God, I just, I even just you saying that, it just makes me, all the hairs in my arm are just standing up. I just love it. Having your finger on the pulse of cancel culture, like you do, especially, you sort of know, you know, the, the cancel culture schedule for, for most of this year, right? Like, um, yeah, this stuff is planned ahead through the end of the calendar year? 
A lot, yeah, a lot of it is planned. You know, so we can organize the rallies, the protests, the the articles in Vox or New York Times or. You know what? You know, normally I'm a guy who doesn't like spoilers, but you know, I just can't help it. I was wondering if you could tell us about some of the people who are going to get canceled throughout 2021 and, and, and tell us sort of why they're getting canceled. Tell us what the story is behind it. Cause you know, I know our listeners are as excited about this as I am. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to discuss that. Well, that's so great. So uh, you, you, now you sent me an email because you like to sort of tease these things to me. You said that a, a big rock star, not a pop star, but a rock star is getting canceled at the end of this month, at the end of April. I was wondering if you could tell me who's getting canceled and why. Yeah, well, David Bowie. <laughs> really? Yep. Why? David Bowie? That is not what I expected. Uh, because, you know, he he was insulting uh, to the trans community. Okay. He, he treated the dressing up like a lady as, as just something you did as a rock star, mm-hmm. which we now understand is is violence. And uh, hurtful, and uh, and deserving of scorn, and so right. the, the plan is to to cancel him. We'll, um, you know, he he is dead, so we will dig him up and uh, have uh, basically a, a trial. Wait a minute, David Bowie, who died five years ago, a little over five years ago, you're going to exhume him, yes, and put his corpse on trial. Yes, it's be it'd be a, a trial of sorts. Yeah, I mean, there's really there's no defense. It's really just prosecution and yelling, <laughs> and then a judgment. And of course, the judgment is preordained. He he made a mockery uh, out of uh, the the trans issue, mm-hmm. and and therefore um, he's canceled. Couldn't you argue that he was ex- like celebrating fluidity? Well, you you don't hear that from him, do you? he's dead yeah and probably because a a vengeful god was upset with him for making a mockery uh, of trans rights and and being so hurtful and uh what i I, dare i say republican (laughs) no i know clearly when you think of of you know mid-2000s republicanism david bowie is the first name that comes to mind but Boy, it just seems like this is, it feels like his moment has passed when he passed. We're also going to me to him. (laughs) How are you going to do that? The lyric from Suffragette City. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Oh. Okay, yeah, I I don't know that, I don't know that song. So, okay, go ahead. That's it. So so that lyric, I I didn't know the song. That lyric is that offensive that we're going to me to the guy? Yeah. Oh, am, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Well, you, you can't just have sex with a person and then just sort of move on. Can't, can't it be, uh, bam, wham, bam. Thank you, sir. Star man. Yeah. Would it not be a star person waiting in the sky? <sighs> okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Lots of cancelable offenses. I see. Okay. I get it. I get it. I, I look forward to the trial. I hope it's televised on Twitter. Oh, it will be. Now, um, you said that uh, in, in in middle of May, right when the Bowie thing is sort of like winding down and people are sort of hungry again for for fresh meat mm-hmm. um, and new things to be offended by, that a, a comedian, a very beloved comedian is going to be canceled. I was wondering if you could tell us, um, you know, why he or she, <laughs> it's going to be a he, uh, has been canceled and what he did wrong. Well, obviously, Bill Burr needs to go. Okay. Okay. I, I imagine a lot of people think that. Okay. Why? What, what did he do? 
he married a black woman. That's, isn't, that, isn't that wonderful that he, why is that bad? I don't think she had any say in the matter. <laughs> I, I'm sure that can't be right. There's nothing worse than a white supremacy when you can just walk up to a black lady and say, you and I are married now and we're going to stay married for many years. I don't think that's what happened. I don't think this is colonialism or anything like that. And I imagine he uh, dated her the uh, appropriate amount of uh, time. She has no agency. Uh, she was a victim of Bill Burr's uh, desire for her. And it's clearly a racist act that uh, she is a victim of. And we are going to cancel him and liberate her. So are you saying that he sort of culturally appropriated her into the bedroom? He, um, you know, he used the the legacy of, of white supremacy and systemic racism to uh, make her fall in love with him, to to get married. And uh, it's the just the vestiges of the old way. It's really, it's disgusting. And it, it makes me feel hurt physically, like someone stabbing me in the stomach with, with forks. Right. Again, that's sort of actual violence. It, it is actual physical violence being perpetrated on me by the thought of Bill Burr uh, doing this to a beautiful black woman. Right. Okay. A little, little shocker. I, I thought interracial marriages, I, th I didn't think there were, that was a big an issue anymore. I thought we'd sort of gotten over that maybe 20 to 60 years ago. Well, we're going backwards, Jack, and we're fixing things. <laughs> I love, I love going backwards in order to make things better. That's what they said at the recent meeting we had where they segregated us by color. What was the meeting like? Well, uh, mine was very white. Uh-huh. And I assume the people of color meeting was very people of color. Sure. But it's a shame you couldn't sort of commingle and, and get to know each other. That's old fashioned, Jack. You know, you, you don't understand anti-racism. Anti-racism is when you separate by color. That's how you fight racism. Do you not understand these things? Okay. I feel like you're on the verge of being canceled. No, no, I, I love... Uh, uh, or or dislike. I, I love. Uh, uh, I don't know what the things I like and don't like anymore are, but whatever the things are popular now are the thoughts I have. Well, it's the magic of it, Jack, and it's very reminiscent of Stalinism, where you didn't know what you were or weren't doing right, and what could or couldn't get you sent to the gulag. Yeah. Or as we say nowadays, canceled. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, great. Um. Uh. Next one. Uh. Here on the list that I see. Um. In June, uh, Bill Clinton is. Oh no, that that one makes sense. All right. Uh, in July, um, you said that uh, an, a, a famous athlete is getting canceled. One who is very beloved and is really going to throw, really knock people back on their socks. Tell us about the athlete in July that is getting canceled. Caitlyn Jenner. Oh no! Yes. What? What is she going to do? Why are we canceling her? Well, uh, because she was former athlete Bruce Jenner. Yeah. And she is now a trans woman. Yes. And it's evident that she is batshit crazy, which right. is, is very bad for the image of trans women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Therefore, we are revoking her, her womanhood. Mm -hmm. And we are going to uh, dead name her. And now call her Bruce. But isn't that anti-trans? Jack, I don't think you understand anti-racism and anti-trans. 
I clearly don't. I'm really eating it in the segment. It's just, it's troublesome. Okay. Just make a note. <laughs> okay. That's disturbing. And you said that there's going to be a little bit of a lull, a Labor Day, go back to school and you're going to let, let it slide. But you said, you know, for the holiday season, there is going to be the biggest cancellation of them all. And I'm, I'm just so excited, Brian. T tell us who, who gets canceled and why. Santa Claus. Ah, oh, doggone it. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Son of a gun. Yeah. What did he do wrong? Okay. So what, what was your favorite Christmas present around when you were 10? Um, I got an action, a Star Wars action figure that I wasn't able to find in stores for like two years. Every time we'd go. And I finally, it was the last thing I opened right around 10 years old. And that's totally true. And it was a Greedo action figure. And I lost my, I lost my, my, my stuff. I was so excited. Okay. So you got a Greedo action figure. Yes. And your next door neighbor's, his name was what? Uh, Bill. Okay. Did Bill get a Greedo action figure? No. And that is why Santa Claus is canceled. He poops what? on toy equity, Jack. <laughs> but but it, Bill didn't want equity. Bill wanted whatever he wanted. He One wanted size fits all, Jack. Everybody gets the same presents. Greedo's for everyone. Or Greedo's for no one. And this, <laughs> this overweight, house-invading, uh, lazy, one-day-a-year-working, white, blubber face is going to sit there and, and, and distribute presents uh, inequitably to people. How can you stomach that in this 21st century? You know what? I'm with you on this one. Yeah. It makes sense. Thank you, Jank. Jack! That was questionable material. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to review the podcast. Make sure to visit qmpodcast.com 